it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the most powerful city in the world, a new generation of conservative talk. Fair, fresh, fun. It's the Guy Benson Show with Guy Benson. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy, who will be back very soon. And we open today's edition of the Guy Benson Show with this Fox News alert. As you know, by now, Russian President Vladimir Putin has launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, has recently spoken about this from the East Room of the White House. This is a bit of what the President had to say just a little bit ago. Dan, cut 33. The Russian military has begun a brutal assault on the people of Ukraine. Without provocation, without justification, without necessity, this is a premeditated attack. Vladimir Putin has been planning this for months, as we've been saying all along. He moved more than 175,000 troops, military equipment, and positions along the Ukrainian border. He moved blood supplies into position and built a field hospital, which uh, tells you all you need to know about his intentions all along. He rejected every good-faith effort the United States and our allies and partners made to address our mutual security concerns through dialogue, to avoid needless conflict and avert human suffering. President of the United States, um, just a little bit ago, the visuals are horrific. It is a perilous moment in world history. Many are challenging and concerned that too little, too late. Sanctions and other things should have been done earlier. There's a lot of criticism to go around as today's Very, very big news day of The Guy Benson Show continues. We will be presenting some very relevant guests, and it will start quickly. In about the next two minutes or less, we will be joined live from Ukraine, from Lviv. Mike Tobin is there. Mike Tobin is Fox News international correspondent, so he will really be able to give us uh, context of exactly what this all feels like and what is going on at the moment. If you were with us yesterday... The interview that we did with Trey Yankst, and he was live uh, in Ukraine, and I asked him the question, is it palpable? I mean, can you feel it? And he could feel it. And hours later, the full-scale invasion takes place. One of the just almost, it's so serious, but for Putin to be taking to the world stage and just every day he has a new story uh, he, his are peacekeepers. I mean, they're not soldiers. They're peacekeepers. Uh, Ukraine needs to decommunize. Ukraine needs to demilitarize. Today, uh, Vladimir Putin said the reason they went, it's one false flag after another. Today, President Putin's uh, rationale was and justification that Ukraine has committed genocide And then again later today, the comment late morning that Ukraine has used chemical weapons. Uh, There's no evidence that any of that is true, and there's every every belief that none of it is true. It is just complete propaganda. Uh, 
A lot is going on, even in the early hours. Dozens were declared dead, many hundreds in terms of injuries. And you have people fleeing uh, later in the program. Executive producer Christine and I, we're going to close out the Guy Benson show today with a focus on the children and how they are affected. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I have seen Christine has sent me quite a few comments and also videos and still photography of dads saying goodbye to their children because they're staying behind and they're going to fight. I have to say one of the most extraordinary um, audio clips that I have heard, and we'll play it for you a little bit later in the program, is the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky. And when he says, we will defend ourselves, you will see our faces, not our backs. Really just extraordinary stuff. They are stoic. They are brave. They know they're outmanned. They know they're outgunned. They have 190,000. And, and they got hit by land, by sea, by air. I mean, this was truly shock and awe. They're knocking out, obviously, critical areas of Ukraine's infrastructure. There's a lot that we'll be unpacking as today goes on. And as I mentioned, some very relevant guests. A little bit later this hour, after the bottom of the hour break, we will be joined on The Guy Benson Show by United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, and he is not holding back. He has had a lot to say in the run-up to this, and these will be some of his first public comments since the um, full-scale invasion has been launched by Vladimir Putin on Ukraine. Ukraine is saying such things as, we don't want your troops, we need your help, we need, they need help with weapons, they need, they need military help. They're not expecting foreign national boots on the ground. And they are, they are preparing to put up the best fight that they can possibly put up. Where we were yesterday in thinking about that could this be ours, and it kind of felt like that. I wasn't at all surprised that overnight this is where we were. I, I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning, and Fox News was just gavel to gavel, uh, all over it, appropriately so. Obviously, European markets tumbled when I woke up this morning, the Dow futures were down 800 points. It's worth taking a peek right now. Let's see how they're doing. Can't be good. I'll say that confidently. Well, I'll tell you what. I expected much worse. Dow fought back today, down 131.46 uh, with not much time left in the trading day. And the S&P 500 is in the green. Let's check the NASDAQ. Solidly in the green. This is really quite extraordinary. If you go back in time when there is typically a military, but maybe this was built in, and I think most people, Trey said it yesterday from Fox News on the Guy Benson show. He said, I won't say 100% because I just won't say 100% because there's always a chance. But he went right to the line. He said, this is as close to 100% that this is going to happen. And, and so our financial markets... Obviously not surprised by it, but it looked like when the day began that this was going to be a big-time uh, upside-down day on Wall Street. And obviously the Dow has lost 2,000 points, 
in, in just the recent past. So the markets, you know, have built in that there would be a military action in Ukraine. Things to be thinking about. And it's shocking to some people. Ukraine, actually, they hold minerals. They hold a significant agriculture position. They have, uh, let's see, I think it's something like the second most land in Europe. They have six million more people than Poland. You don't think about Ukraine. You probably think about Ukraine very small, 46 million people. But they they hold the key to some of the richest reserves in the world in some very key categories. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the president in advance of the attack and since it, he, he is telegraphing to the American people. He's going to do everything he can to keep the pain down for the American people. But you cannot eliminate it. I mean, we, we've had pain at the gas pump. We have runaway inflation. We have all of this before this happened. So clearly, with, with, there will be a disruption uh, of, of some proportion, and this will affect the price at the pump for the first time since 2014. The price of a barrel of gasoline, of oil rather, uh, is over $100. You see the the price after refinery and, and when it comes to the pump, you see what's happening there. It, it is out of sight. Add to that exponentially what will ever happen. And that's why you even have, and I'm, I'm confident it's because of the fast approaching November 8th midterm elections, you even have some Democrats that are calling for eliminating, pausing the federal gas tax. That would give the American people a break. I think in some of the areas where they have these myriad of blends and they get very, very expensive, California, for example, knock all that stuff off and and do what you can you know, to bring the price down because people are hurting. I mean, you have people that their wages are not keeping up with the runaway inflation, and they go to the get to, to fill up at the gas station. And if they fill up the car, you're talking a friend friend of mine called me today. He said, yeah, I wasn't even near empty, and it was 80-some dollars to actually um, fill my car. You figure those where money is no object, all right, so it costs a little bit more, they're not affected. But about 80% of the American people right now are paycheck to paycheck. And that's a big deal. When you used to be able to put $20 in the car, $25 in the car, and ride your car for a period of time, what if you're a paycheck to paycheck American, eight out of 10 of you, and you have a pretty good distance that you drive every day to and from work, for example, and then any other time that you're using the car for pleasure or for whatever trips that you take to the store, whatever. You think about how much gas and how much more every month it's costing people several hundred dollars more in many cases. It's significant. Let's take a brief time out. We're going to come right back. Uh, A lot to unpack, a lot of great guests that are coming by. Uh, And we'll be right back in just a little bit. The Guy Benson Show. More next. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. We came right in strong with breaking news. Didn't really have an opportunity to welcome everyone to the program. Guy will be back soon. I am Harry Hurley with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan, and we thank you for spending this portion of your day. It's going to be a very big day, big news day here on the Guy Benson Show, and Guy will be back very, very soon. And it's a pleasure to be with you. We uh, shared with you at the beginning the opening comments of President Biden today from the East Room of the White House. I think it was impromptu. I don't know if it was scheduled that he would take questions, but he did, and he took several, and this is what it sounded like. Dan Cut 31. So do you have any plans to speak with President Putin at this point, and what interactions have you had with the Russian government? I heard the first part. Do I have any plans to speak with Putin at this point, and what? What communications have you had with the Kremlin as far as uh, military offers in Ukraine and making sure this does not spiral into a larger conflict? Well, it's a large conflict already. The way we're going to ensure it's not going to aspire to a larger conflict is by providing all the forces needed in the Eastern European nations that are members of NATO. NATO is more united than it's ever been. And I have no plans to talk with Putin. Wall Street Journal. Tarina. Mr. President, you didn't mention SWIFT in your sanctions that you announced. Is there a reason why the U.S. Uh, isn't doing that? Is there a disagreement among allies um, regarding SWIFT and whether uh, Russia should be allowed to be a part of it? The sanctions that we have proposed on all their banks have of equal consequence, maybe more consequence than SWIFT, number one. Number two, uh, it is always an option, but right now that's not the position that the rest of... Uh, we're, gonna jo- we're going to uh, go right to Ukraine Live with Mike Tobin, Fox News international correspondent. He is live in Lviv, Ukraine. Mike, welcome to the Guy Benson Show. How are you doing? I'm good, Guy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, what an assignment. Give us a, your take on what's happening, what's, what's, what's going on, how does it, what does it feel like? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of odd if you look around Lviv because today looked a lot like uh, business as usual. What changes when you talk to the people? And you've got a lot of resolve. If you if you watch like some of the uh, reporting that um, that Steve Harrigan and Trey Yinks were doing at this point, the people in Kiev and Lviv uh, from uh, Lucas Tomlinson, he was talking with people there. They all seemed to think that they were hopeful that it wouldn't happen. Well, with the Putin speech and then obviously with the invasion, uh, it, it reality proved to be less comfortable than that. And uh, what we found with the people was a lot of resolve today. Uh, talk with some uh, veterans of the Ukrainian army has said they're going back in. Uh, they have the advantage right now that the, um, the national police are handing out weapons, and they're going to pick up the weapons, and they're going to fight. Uh, the deputy defense minister just put something on Facebook uh, encouraging people to take shots at Russian vehicles, encouraging the use of uh, firebombs, Molotov cocktails. So uh, what you see is it, it kind of looks like the Russian uh, army is making easy work of the Ukrainians, as was predicted, and you already see uh, the transition to asymmetrical warfare, if you will. And uh, somebody who knows about the pain of asymmetrical warfare and, and the quagmire of war is Vladimir Putin. 
Yeah. So uh, with all the things that he prepped for, with all of the money, the natural resources or the, or the other resources that he stockpiled, uh, knowing that he was going to get hit with sanctions, he had to be ready for the quagmire of, of asymmetrical warfare, street-to-street fighting. And uh, it looks like it, it ultimately is going to go this way because uh, thus far, even with the, the battle that was just fought in uh, Ch- Chernobyl, uh, the Russians are winning. Mike Tobin, Fox News international correspondent. We have a few more minutes, Mike, and I know you are busy as can be. What has Russia taken out that we know? Have they strategically been going for certain targets? Yeah. Uh, what they're really doing is what you would expect any invading army to do. You take out the ability of the invading country to fight back. So they're taking out air defenses. They're taking out the airstrips. They just took control of the Anatov uh, uh, airport. Uh, they hit uh, a number of army barracks, presuming, you know, kill your opponents then. Uh, and they also have armor rolling in, and they're taking a few strategic areas. And, uh, and also what we're hearing from, uh, um, from intelligence officials is that they're surrounding the capital city of Kiev. And uh, we've seen a prediction that uh, Kiev will be surrounded uh, uh, within 24 hours. Some of that. So that is that's a spooky thing to say. Yeah, it is, Mike. I was chilling, actually. Now, some of that moxie that you're talking about in your opening comments, Mike, the president, Vladimir Zelensky, said, we will defend ourselves. You will see our faces, not our backs. They're really courageous, aren't they? They certainly are. And the one thing I keep hearing from Ukrainians is that this isn't 2014. Uh, meaning that Putin just can't come in here without consequence like he did uh, in the Crimean Peninsula. And uh, they, they know that they've got some help from Western countries in terms of, uh, in terms of their weaponry. Uh, and uh, the difference is that they're not fighting for a piece of their homeland. They're fighting for their homeland now. And we sent blankets in 2014. And so there is, there is more help now because the, the foreign minister said, we don't expect troops, but we need military help. They're getting it, Mike? It seems that they are, at least with the weaponry, you know, they got some of the anti-tank weaponry. And among other things that would, uh, or if nothing else, I guess is a better way to put it, it, it increases the threat of casualties on the part of the Russians. Uh, there are some numbers coming out of casualties right now. We really can't confirm them. Uh, the only thing that we seem to get right now is from the Ministry of Health on the Ukrainian side. Uh, they report 57 dead and about 160 injured, which, given the scope of this invasion, frankly, sounds a little bit low. Uh, but uh, if you want to start talking about casualties, it's just too early right now. Mike, it's uh, so important that we had the opportunity to present you. Please stay safe, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to give us the flavor for what's happening. You got it, pal. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mike Tobin, Fox News international correspondent. Uh, a lot happening, as we told you from the beginning of the program, and it will continue to build as we continue. The Guy Benson Show will be right back. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. You're listening to a new generation of talk, Guy Benson.
Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley, filling in today for Guy, who will be back very soon. On the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline, uh, I call him one of the 435 Club, uh, a distinguished member of the United States House of Representatives, and it's really a very timely appearance by Congressman Jeff Andrew from New Jersey's 2nd Congressional District to get a reaction uh, to today's events. As everyone knows by now, Russian President Vladimir Putin has launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine and, of course, the world and and our nation and our nation's leaders like Congressman Van Drew are uh, speaking out. And in fairness to Congressman Van Drew, he's been speaking out in advance of what took place uh, late last night, overnight into early this morning. Congressman Van Drew, welcome to the program. Oh, it's always good to be with you, Harry. I wish it was under better circumstances and better and better times for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, these are certainly just incredibly challenging times. I mean, we were already in runaway inflation and problems with energy and a terrible domestic energy policy that took us from energy independent and a net oil exporter to begging Putin and OPEC. I mean, there's just so many backwards things going on. And now this you've been on it from the beginning Uh, I wrote a piece yesterday about your comments, even in advance of what has now happened. Uh, What are your thoughts at this point? Well, my thoughts are this is what happens when you have a weak Congress and a weak and feckless president. Um, This wouldn't have happened with a different president. It would not have happened with Donald Trump. You have to show strength. And, you know, I I always quote the Reagan uh, statement, and it's so true. No country or its allies are ever attacked because they are too strong. So what do we have here? We say we were going to do, you know, sanctions, but uh, the sanctions never really came forward until the attack started, and the initial sanctions were extremely weak. Uh, What do we have here? We have where we on our own, reduced our own oil and gas production, where we could have literally gotten oil and gas all over the world where it was needed, including with our allies, including for ourselves, um, so to make sure that we were strong and had the energy that we needed. What do we have here? An Afghanistan that was literally the retreat from Afghanistan, probably one of, if not our most embarrassing moments in history. So does anybody think that, and a lot more, I mean, everything else that's going wrong with the country, which you just mentioned a few of them, does anybody think that somebody like Putin isn't watching this, that China isn't watching this? Of course they're watching it. We're weak, we're feckless, not us, not the American people, but our leadership is. And this is the net result. And as you said, you and I have spoken about this many times, where it was going to lead. Now we know where it's going to lead. And it's not done yet either, by the way. You said something that was very fair. And it, of course, it drives some people crazy if you say this would not have happened if President Trump were the president. Here's what we know. And you know me and I know you. We've known each other for over 30 years. I don't believe in coincidences. Last time Putin attacked Ukraine was 2014, uh, Obama-Biden. He attacks Ukraine, he annexes Crimea, nothing happens to him. The, we, sent, we sent Ukraine blankets. They needed a lot more than that. It was an embarrassment of just epic proportion. We don't have boo for four years. And now in, within months, because this did not happen in the 13th month 
of the Biden presidency. Putin's been ramping this up for a long time, probably at least the last half year, uh, if not longer. That's why I don't believe the sanctions matter. I think Putin put together uh, his program knowing that these sanctions were going to come. And Harry, you were right. He factored them in. Yeah. So they're built in to the equation. And it could it possibly be a coincidence that Putin invades, attacks Ukraine when it's Obama, Biden, doesn't do it when it's Trump for four years. We didn't even think about that happening for four years. And now it happens right away again. How can that not be fact? I got to take that out of the the opinion category. That has to be like a mathematical equation. One plus one equals two. When Putin strikes versus when he doesn't strike. And it is the Reagan doctrine, the Trump doctrine of peace through strength. Absolutely. And and we knew it. And, you know, you you can certainly see it in, in everything that you just said. We could certainly see it in the fact that everything from the Abraham Accords to, you know, relative peace in the Mideast to, you know, ensuring that even in Afghanistan, we didn't lose one soldier and things were under control. Uh, uh, crime was going down. Our supply chain, we were starting to work on and bring it back up. Um, you know, we we had a strong military. We were going to make a stronger military. And, you know, you know what we're worried about now in the military is making it more woke. Are you kidding yeah, me? I know. This is a real thing. I mean, people got to understand the world, world history, the world that we live in now and the world that we always have lived in is full of a lot of evil. It just is. It's unfortunate. And there have been a few bright, shining lights in all of this. And the shiniest and the brightest and the best has been the United States of America. And to actually demean it and diminish it by not allowing it to be all that it can be is just horrific. It's disgusting. And, and that is why I am so disturbed at this president, so disturbed at this political party, the Democratic Party, so disturbed at this United States Congress and what they're doing because they, through their weakness, have opened the door to this evil. And let me give you an example of how completely disconnected to reality they are and how woke, broke, and joke they are. Right after our segment, Congressman, we're going to come back on The Guy Benson Show, and I'm going to talk about John Kerry and his fear. He is not concerned about what's happening. He's not concerned about a disruption of all these incredibly valuable minerals and ores and what it's going to mean to the price of a gallon of gasoline in America. I heard you. You you reacted because you know this. You're on top of all this stuff. John F. Kerry brings up that Russia-Ukraine war will affect climate change. They're they're crazy, Congressman. You know what? I care about climate change. We all do. Now, how how much of it is climate change? How much is natural change? But I'm sure there is some climate change, and we all want to work on it, but not to the detriment of the United States of America and to good people all around the world. And it is used as just, again, a politically woke factor in order to, you know, really uh, gain traction for some people that, you know, want political advantage. The bottom 
bottom line is, you know what the most important thing in the world is? To be a strong and good country. That's what America was and America needs to be. And you know what? What we need to do, we need to make sure with energy that we have nuclear, that we have gas, that we have oil, that we have renewables. I'm not against renewables, Mm -hmm. but that we do it in the right way. And I'm telling you, some of what we're doing right in our homestead, right in our area with the windmills, not all of that is good. It's too much, too fast, and it's hurting the floor of the ocean, and it's going to cause a lot of harm and cost a ton of money, and it's going to cost people a lot of money. People's energy costs are going up. Inflation is going up. I don't ever remember. Literally, they compare it to Carter. Well, I was pretty damn young then, and so were you, but I don't remember Carter's administration being this bad. At least he was a good man. He's a bad president, but he was a good man. This isn't even good. This no, it's not good. It is not. You're listening to United States Congressman Jeff Andrew do what he always does, tells it like it is, even if it's a world at the moment living it like it isn't. And this, I think, is our saving grace. November 8th is going to be here before we know it. There's about 60 of your colleagues on the other side of the aisle that are very much at risk. I'm not saying that Republicans are going to pick up 60 seats, but I'm saying there's 60 of the Democrats, and we know 30 have left the building. So somewhere between 30 to 50 seats, I think, are going to change. Is there a possibility that when some of your colleagues that have been doing all this crazy defund the police and all this woke craziness, that they want to win reelection, that they would change their tune and maybe start to get together and say, Mr. President, uh, it was a really bad idea when you took us from energy independent and a net oil exporter to begging Russia and begging OPEC, we should open up the Keystone XL pipeline. Look, I know the president is being run by the squad and by the most radical of the radical Democrats, but maybe, just maybe, if some Democrats came to the table that were about to lose their jobs, maybe they would say, let's let's start getting energy independent again and not relying on people who hate us and then we won't have 599.9 a gallon gasoline is that is that attainable is that possible you know i'm i'm going to say that i hope that it is of course i wouldn't i i still have a trust factor there yeah. But uh, I would hope that it would be. But they're so off the mark. They're so off the rail. Frankly, uh, you know, these folks that, you know, are going into retirement uh, really should go into hiding for what they've done to this country. Uh, So I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question because, frankly, at this point, I don't know how people who really care about America could let this happen. I don't know how they could sit there. People I know, people I serve with, I, I don't understand. Uh, I, I think some of them are good people, but will, you just have to stand will, on and you've got to strap them on yep. and you've got to believe in what you're doing and do the right thing. There you go. I heard that. Strap them on. Now, would you, could you see your colleagues, even on the left side of the aisle, left of center, saying something like, let's put a halt, suspend this federal gas tax for a while. We're going to have to do something to counteract what's going to be happening here. 
I, I think they will try to do something because there there are those that want to come back. There are those because yeah. their long-term philosophy, by the way, real quickly, Harry, is, yeah. you know, I've said to them sometimes, don't you guys know that you're going to lose? I mean, you just can't win. The, they said, yeah, but the way that we – why do you keep – I said to them, why do you keep pushing these radical policies, these extreme policies that hurt the country? They said, because you know what? We know we're going to come back again. It just – it is like China. This was them saying this to me in that we know that – even if we lose for a little while, we've got a lot of time, and we're going to come back, and we're going to change the America. And that's what they said. That's what Schumer said when they when they won the majority. We are going to change the America that we know forever. And even and though the American people don't job, want it, my job exactly. But, we don't want it, but they, but they're going to do it. We don't want do it anyhow because they think they're better, they're smarter, and that they know more. And they want to do this, and they're in, in, in involved with some very large corporations, some people that are in the celebrity class, some people that are billionaires from around the world. This is the most noble experiment that ever was, and I tell you, if we don't get it together, we're going to lose it. Let me, in the two minutes that we have, and I wish we had two hours, United States Congressman Jeff Andrew on the Guy Benson Show, Newsmaker Hotline, China. Could they possibly – we talked yesterday on the program about if all the bad guys just started doing incredibly provocative things all at the same time or one after another. What if China makes a move on Taiwan? Would you be shocked if Iran attempts to go nuclear, if Kim Jong-un does something provocative? What if all the bad actors – they saw I, – I truly believe I was going to bring it up if you didn't. The feckless, incompetent, incoherent Afghanistan exit showed the world that we left Americans in Afghanistan. Uh, we took the military out first. We left billions of dollars of very, very uh, state-of-the-art important equipment, vehicles, as you know, helicopters, airplanes, weapons, uh, all kinds of things that will come back to haunt us at some point because, you know, the Taliban – is selling it. You know, they're even they one of them even thought he was a pilot. They're reverse engineering yeah, this stuff. Yeah, already. yeah, exactly. So they're selling it and then they're you know, they're reverse engineering and then they learn our secrets. The the our enemies saw all this. Could would you be surprised if China aggressively made a move at Taiwan? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think they made an aggressive move already today when they were, you know, flying over Taiwan. Yeah. I mean, this is no joke. Um, no. You know, well, that's I how Putin everybody. started. Remember, he had troops at the border. Then it was like, hey, you're not doing anything. So I'm going to double the troops. Hey, I'll, I'll keep adding more. And he did it right under everybody's nose. And, and let me tell you something. Taiwan is not the same as a situation where it's not the same as the Ukraine. We have a commitment yeah. to Taiwan. We made a promise. Those that know their history know that we made a promise to Taiwan that we would always, always be there for them. And, uh, you know, we have to keep that promise. So yeah. uh, we're in the most dangerous and difficult of times. And it's, you know what this shows? 20 seconds. Uh, I hate to say it. Elections matter. That's what I say every day. Texans. Elections matter. Yeah. When you elect people that aren't even close to up to even close to being up to yeah. the job that needs to be done at hand, you risk everything in your world. Congressman, matter. thank you for your leadership. Congressman Jeff Andrew, honored to present you, sir. Honored to be with you always, Harry. Thank you. God bless you. Be well. Stay safe. That's United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, formerly a Democrat for almost 30 years, and he's been a Republican. 
for the last, I guess it's close to two, three years now. We'll be back. Much more. Stay with us. Stay close. It's the Guy Benson Show. Fresh conservative talk. Guy Benson Show. Welcome back. It's the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan Harry Hurley filling in today. And Guy will be back in the very near future. Well, you can always count part of the interview that just concluded with United States Congressman Jeff Andrew. You can always count on the radical left somehow, some way, no matter how serious something is going on that's completely unrelated. They will conflate anything to bring climate change into it. Now, I thought I only had one gold rush to share with you, but then the great Maria Donovan, director of talk programming and a whole lot of other things, on-demand programming, on Airtown, everything here at Fox News Talk, sent us, and it was very, very uh, appreciated, Adam Schiff not to be outdone. So we'll, we'll share the John Kerry element, and then we will just make it just a, a, a double bonanza with Adam Schiff weighing in and somehow tying Russia, Putin, Russia, Ukraine with climate change because they can't help themselves. It's so incredible that no matter what is going on, people are dying today. This is incredible, but they can't help themselves. And where do you hear John Kerry? It's a point of emphasis with him. This is no joke. Dan, cut 28. And I hope diplomacy will win, but a massive uh, emissions consequences to the war. But equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted. And, and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66 percent of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing, and his infrastructure is at risk, and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. And it's so great. It's so perfect. And thank you again, Maria, because Kerry ends with climate. Schiff can't wait. He's being questioned by a member of the media. And Putin, it's in the first sentence. I don't think the response to Putin making war on Ukraine ought to be the dismantling of our protections against climate change. They cannot help themselves. Kerry, it was his point of emphasis. Adam Schiff, it's his beginning opus. And this is The Guy Benson Show. city in the world unconventional talk from a fresh unconventional conservative guy benson show welcome to the guy benson show partnering with christine wyatt and dan my name is harry hurley honored to fill in today for guy who will be back very very soon and you know that guy cannot wait to get back to offer his smart fast-paced political uh, insight uh, to this important discussion. Standing by right now on the Guy Benson Show, Newsmaker Hotline, one of the most important national voices in America. We are joined by the distinguished United States Senator from Florida, the former governor of Florida, extremely popular in his state and, and across the country. And in probably, I think he'll agree with this, one of the most important roles of his career, that is as chairman of the Republican National Senatorial Committee. Because this is, I believe this is for 
all the marbles. November 8th, we have to make a course correction. It is a pleasure to welcome Senator Rick Scott to the program. Welcome, sir. Hey, Harry. Nice nice talking to you. Yeah, we I mean, look, the woke left has taken over this country. I mean, they control the media. They control the Democrat Party. They control the executive branch of government. Yeah. Uh, we've got top military leaders now woke. Our school system is. So and this is it. We've got to figure out how to turn this country around. Yeah, social media. I guess you could throw that into the media as, as a whole that you yeah. said. But the social media, they're, they're oligarchs at this point, Senator. Yeah. And, and you know, we've got to, you know, we've got to wake up. Uh, we got to wake up to what they're doing. I put a plan out this week, 11 steps. It's got policy ideas of how to take this country back. Uh, you can look at it. You can go to text America at 22044 or rescueamerica.com. Look at it. Look at Give me your ideas. I'm sure there's some things that you might have to improve it. But we have got to say we're going to get the majority. We're going to work our butts off to get the majority. And I believe we will. But then what? What are we going to do? How are we going to get things done? And we've got to change the direction of this country, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. Senator Scott, before we pivot to, obviously, today's events, and I know that you have plenty to say on this about the sanctions and everything else, and I think if you were the president, I know if you were the president, uh, we would have done more in advance of it than, than we did after the fact. It looks like we're playing catch-up and not, and not doing very well at it, but we'll get to that. The, the math is tricky. The House is going to change. I think we can both agree on that. If nothing was going on, an average of 28 seats change in the president's in power first midterm. So the, the, the House is, I, I believe, is secured. You don't take anything for, for granted, but I believe it's secured. Senate is a little trickier because it's different and it's not it's not district congressional district races. As you know, you've done it. It's it's running statewide and there's other complexities and the Republicans are defending more seats and so on and so forth. But I agree with you. I believe this is going to be a sweep and I believe the American people are going to turn November 8th into a wave election because the American people don't like they didn't sign on to this uh, woke agenda of defunding police and all this radical woke nonsense, the, the stuff that's happening in our schools, parents being called domestic terrorists and, and our, our highest law enforcement lying before congressional committees and saying it's not in any documents and that there it is, it's in there. When, when, when in the course of human events, and you've been a governor, you served in, in, in spots that are closest to the people, when have we ever called moms and dads going to a school board meeting because they didn't like what was going on in their children's school system. When did we ever call them domestic terrorists? It's outrageous. It's how, first off, first off, why would we ever do that? You want this is our country is built on involvement. It's built on you having the opportunity to be involved in your government. It's not somebody else's government. It is your government. So step one is is every parent ought to be able to be involved in their schools. Number that's number one. Number two is I'm glad the parents now see exactly what's being taught in schools. Mm. I mean, we have this critical race theory being taught in schools uh, that says that oh, if you're if you're you know this background, you're an oppressor. If you're this background, you're oppressed. So who would bring their child up in this country and say, you know what? I'm sorry, but you're not going to have a shot at the dream. No, I grew up in public housing. I was born to a single bomb. My mom said I could be anything. Mm. But these, what these, what the, you know, the, the woke militant left is doing, they are just tearing down this country. And it starts with their school system, telling people you don't have a shot. 
I mean, I these people are bad people just because of the color of their skin. This is ridiculous. Senator Scott, do you believe I do? I believe in the law of unintended consequences. The hard left, in large measure, kept kids out of the classroom for an extended, extraordinary uh, extended period of time. This allowed parents on these uh, digital Zoom or however some did Teams, mm-hmm. you know, the digital uh, schooling that they did, virtual learning. They could, parents and, and such got the opportunity, Senator Scott, to see what the hell was going on in the classroom and, and were just aghast by it. I believe their strategy of keeping kids out of the classroom and parents actually getting to see what was going on really brought about a lot of this uh, parental involvement. You know, Harry, absolutely. And by the way, look at those school board races in San Francisco. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's a precursor to what's going to happen in the House and the Senate because people are going to go out and they're going to vote in these school board races, and then they're going to vote in the governor's races. They're going to vote in the state attorney races, the district attorney races, and they're going to vote for the Senate and the House. So the turnout is going to be unbelievable this year, and it's going to help us because people, you know, people have woken up to the, to the radical left. I mean it's, it's pervasive, uh, but it's really pervasive in our, in our K-12 school system. And in our university systems, and we have, we're going to take our country back. And as you know, had had the election been this year, we saw what happened in my home state of New Jersey. We saw what happened in uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Had that been a national midterm election, my goodness, what that would have been. And I don't see anything changing the trajectory of that. Uh, it's it's gotten worse even uh, since then. And I don't believe that Russia Ukraine is is going to be a distraction in a way that would make this administration look any better. In fact, I think they look worse at the moment. About 36 percent of the American people approve of President Biden's early handling of uh, Russia, Ukraine. And I I, I think it's even shocking it's that high because it's it's really been I I don't want to pin somebody with the, you know, too little, too late label where, you you know, you can't you can't win the no win scenario. But wasn't it too little, too late? Absolutely. So first off, the Biden administration has put together radical left-wing policy and complete incompetence, right? I mean, when you go out and you appease dictators, which Biden didn't just do this last year, he's done his whole career. He's always appeased uh, dictators. And whether it's Xi or Putin or the Ayatollah or Castro or Maduro, he doesn't stand up for America against anybody. He doesn't. No, no. You can't come well, up with a situation well, where he has. Yeah, look at the record, Senator Scott. He shut our pipeline down. That Keystone XL pipeline, yeah. as you know, would have been absolutely fantastical. And he gave, he shut ours down, and he made it impossible on, on federal lands, and they're making it tough on other uh, American oil uh, refinery capacity folks. And then he gave Putin not one but two pipelines. How about that? So, Harry, think about this for a second. The most important thing you can do if you want to build your economy is you have to have energy. You have to have power. And so what he's done is he's made us what, – what the prior administration did, what Trump did, was focus on how do we become energy independent. And what Biden is doing is making us energy dependent and making Europe energy dependent where we have an obligation to defend our NATO uh, partners. I mean, you can't you can't make this stuff up. How foolish uh, Biden has been! Help Russia. I mean, be be slow about everything. He's finally done some sanctions, but I don't get it. Why didn't he sanction Putin? Putin is the one's making the decision to do this. By the way, you have to assume with these 
dictatorships with Xi and Putin and the Ayatollah, people like that, the worst. You have to assume the worst. And so you got to get you've got you've got to get active early. And they he's been behind the scene because you look at this the Biden administration, they're incompetent, they're slow, they're not even reactionary. I mean, they're so slow about everything, whether it's the supply chain or the inflation problems, any of these things, they just don't move. And they've done, you're seeing it now uh, with Ukraine. I mean, this is, we, we should have been doing way more early uh, to, one, help Ukraine, get the world community to help Ukraine, and be a defined Putin for months, yes, we should have been defining Putin for months. You know, they you know they they had this narrative oh that the Trump was the one in bed with Putin. What you have to say is, if you look at the look at the facts here, it's it's clearly Biden. I mean, given Putin the the pipelines, I mean, who? I mean, why would you ever do that? What do we get for that? We got nothing, nothing. for it, and he shut us down and opened them up. How big a role yeah. do you think the? the Putin. Putin was maybe going to do what he was going to do anyhow. But I note he did it in 2014, Obama-Biden. He did not do it the four years of Trump, and he did it right away with Biden 2.0. So I submit Putin knows weakness when he sees it. I don't think this is a coincidence. I think we can prove it because when it happened, it happened. And when it didn't happen, it didn't happen. And I think they also look, Senator Scott, very hard at Ukraine. It was feckless. It was incompetent. It was incoherent. Whoever takes the military out first and leaves Americans right. last, who does that? And I think they looked yeah, at that and said, yeah, wow. Yeah, in Afghanistan, it was, it was, I mean, it makes, like, what they did in Afghanistan, and by the way, you know, they've, they've hidden exactly what happened. 79,000 people were brought to this country, you know, only 5,000 Americans, and there's mm. still Americans left in Afghanistan, yeah. and only 2,000 had special visas. We don't know who the other people are. They never want, they don't want you to know that. But why would we why would we uh, take our troops out before we took out our allies, American citizens, people with special visas, people who have helped us? What, I mean, you can't be this incompetent. But he is. Biden and the team he's put together. I mean, I have to go through and interview these people for nominations. They're incompetent. They have no background. You would never hire these people. You would never hire them to do anything for you. Well, I ask anybody that wants to go uh, do a search engine, whichever one you use, Google, Bing, whatever you use, go do it and watch Senator McCain. I mean, tear apart Anthony Blinken and calling him incompetent. I mean, he ripped him. This was for an assistant secretary position. And now look, look at what. Yeah, I agree with you. Biden was checking boxes or something. He, he was not picking quality people. Remember when our energy secretary did not know the basics of her job, how much oil oh. we how many I knew how many barrels of oil we use a day in America. She didn't know how many scary, scary, scary stuff in about two minutes that we have, Senator. And I, I swear I'd love to have two hours with you. Are you concerned? I think you are. How concerned are you with others that wish us harm, that want to do us ill? China, for example, wouldn't that be a shocker? Not if China made a move on Taiwan at some point. I think that the weakness right oh, now that's to. being exhibited, they, they want to, and they're looking at, hey, look what Putin just did. How concerned Here's are you? Every American. Go ahead. Oh, I'm very concerned. Here's what every American ought to be doing now. I have to say, China is not our friend. They've elected, the government in China has elected to be our adversary. Don't do anything to help them. How, what can every American do? Stop buying anything made in communist China. Stop buying anything made in communist China. 
right? With Putin, do everything you can to make sure you 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 pr- provide support for Ukraine. You you know you talk about what Putin is doing, but and then be vocal that we can't go out and do a more appeasement with Iran, and they they let them get the nuclear weapon on top of all the bad deeds they're doing in the Middle East. So we've got to start demanding. Our, our House members, our Senate members, and the White House to stand up for us. But do, we have to do our job, too. Say, these, these countries have become – the government of these countries have become our adversaries, not the people, but their governments, which gets help when we buy their products. They get you – know, we've got to do everything we can to not do business with them because it, if it impacts Putin's pocketbook or Xi's pocketbook, then things have a greater chance of, of changing. So, so well said. I'm made in America again, and then we take care of our own business. RescueAmerica.com. Check out Senator Scott's plan, because for the first time since 1994, and it was beautiful, it worked beautifully. And for the first time in 40 years, the, the Republicans won the House of Representatives. The Republicans made massive gains and took the majority in the Senate. I believe this, and I know we have to go in 30 seconds, Senator, but when you tell the American people and you promise them what you will do, if you entrust us with power, we promise that we will do these things. I'm an American. I, I, I am able to process that. And when someone tells me they're going to do something and these are good things for our country, people get behind that. I think the American people are going to love what you're doing here. Well, we're going to win, and we're only going to win because every voter in this country shows up and says it's in my best interest to get Republicans back in there, and then it's on our job as Republicans to do something. Senator, Mr. Chairman, uh, all the best. When you win, we win. Senator Rick Scott, one of the great ones. Good to be with you today, sir. Bye, Harry. Bye-bye. Take good care. This is, and we will be right back because this is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Could be the best bumper music in the business. Uh, Dan, are you responsible for this? Fantastic vibe. It's the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for the great Guy Benson, who will be back very, very soon, I promise. So don't worry. Um, I have a working theory in life about the four stages of the truth. Stage one is obfuscation and misdirection, and it just it just continues to roll until you get to the fourth and final stage, which is the truth becoming self-evident. I remember a decade ago, and Mitt Romney blew it. He should have been the president. He won the first debate. He cleaned Barack Obama's clock, and then he choked. Hate to say it, but he choked. But he said something in one of the debates, and I think it was the second debate. He said that our biggest geopolitical threat is Russia. Barack Obama didn't have, I believe, a deep, in-depth, intelligent response to that. So he went the route of mockery. It was effective. He made a joke, and and the Democrat media, I don't have time in this segment to give you all the hideous things they said about Mitt Romney, but it was really cruel, and they all jumped on Romney with Obama when Obama said the 1980s are calling and they want their foreign policy back. Well, here we are, and I've often said that the four stages of the truth, you can blow through them in minutes, hours, days, weeks, months. Sometimes it takes years. The truth became self-evident yesterday 
and into today with what Mitt Romney said a decade ago, that Russia is our greatest geopolitical threat. And even Obama bots have come out and said that Romney was right. Now, he wasn't allowed to be right, just like Trump is never allowed to be right, even when he's right, because it's just not it's not in the in the contract. It's just not allowed to play that way. But Romney got him good. He, he brought Trump into it and he shouldn't have because the failures in Ukraine, not Donald Trump. And I'm not I'm not just, you know, shucking for Donald Trump. Obama, it's clear what happened in 2014. It's clear in 2022 what has happened. And we didn't have any of this happening in the four years of Trump. So Mitt Romney doesn't like Trump. He hates him. And Trump made a fool out of him when he invited him for dinner. And, you know, Mitt Romney wanted to be secretary of state. And, and he thought it could really happen. And it was never going to happen. But Romney got him good yesterday. Uh, there's a great story on FoxNews.com all about it. Romney swipes Obama and Biden after Russia invades Ukraine. The 80s called and we didn't answer. Fantastic response. Truly fantastic response. It's up now at FoxNews.com. Much more important content straight ahead because this is, after all, The Guy Benson Show. And we have a lot more that we'll be sharing with you and a lot more important guests that will be coming by. Please stay with us. This is The Guy Benson Show. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in for Guy, who will be back very soon. This, I would have expected when everybody got together and, I mean, the whole Guy Benson Show team, Christine team, got together. And at this portion, sort of the halfway point of today's program, when we were looking at what are we going to talk about? What's important to let the American people know about? And, of course, that would be how did our financial markets do on the day, the very day that Russia attacked Ukraine? Because I can tell you every financial expert I know would have said we will be in the red. They wouldn't know necessarily how many hundreds of points. But I can tell you at 2 o'clock this morning, the Dow futures, I was awake, the Dow futures were – Minus 800, down 800 plus. There was a point today when the Dow was down 500. Early in the Guy Benson show, we took a quick peek and shared with everyone that the Dow was down but fighting back, and the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ both up. We can tell you now with the markets closed that this is – the resilience, the greatness of America. I, look, I don't know what tomorrow will bring, and I realize that the Dow has lost 2,000 points in the last few weeks after obviously being on a tremendous roll for an extended period of time. So we're, we're in correction territory, they call it, when you start getting into 10 and 10% and beyond. The Dow actually fought all the way back and finished up 92 and a fraction. The S&P 500, 63 and a fraction. And the big winner of the day, the NASDAQ composite, up 436 points. Now, if you said that to the average layperson or you said it 
to a financial advisor, a certified Series 7 financial broker, and said, Russia just launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. How do you think we're going to do today? Now, the first thing they're going to tell you is it's not about timing the market. It's about spending time in the market. They're going to tell you about proper asset allocation with the proper, you know, this and that, how you invest, but also that it's allocated properly is is so very important. But if you got someone, because they won't typically talk about any one stock publicly or anything like that, they're not really permitted to. But if you talk to somebody privately and said, hey, what, what do you think today would bring on a day when basically this war began and that there will be an interruption in energy and you start looking at how much of Europe, uh, Russia, for your information, is responsible for 35% of Europe's natural gas. That's, that's no small matter. Russia, obviously, is, and that's why getting the two pipelines from President Biden, I still can't figure out why he did that. I, I, I just will not understand how you could stop your own. And what, does that cause less climate change if you buy it? from someone who hates you and you bring it here rather than being energy independent here at home, as Senator Scott talked about in the last segment, come on. It just makes no sense at all. So when you think why people always wonder, well, well, I don't understand. Uh, It's 5,000 miles away. If you're talking by air from here to Ukraine, why does that matter? matters significantly. Number one, the world is smaller and closer than it's ever been. Long ago, we were separated by oceans and things like that. It's not the case. I mean, look how the COVID-19 swept this nation and swept the world because people travel and, and there you go. It's off to the races at that point. I would have said, if you would ask me, I said it early this morning, that today, oh, today's going to be a rough day on Wall Street. This shows me once again, it happened during the pandemic. People actually, if you remember back in time, it's hard sometimes because we've been through so much over the past two years. It's hard to remember. But in the beginning of the pandemic, when everything was shut down and businesses closed and states lost in many cases, my home state, one third of businesses closed forever. It was devastating, the onerous shutdowns and all these things. If you said that, and they they all, the experts, said, oh, my gosh, it might take 10 years for the markets to recover. It happened in an incredibly relatively short period of time. Not only did we recover, we set all-time records, all three indices. I never, ever underestimate the American people, the grit, the resolve, the can-do attitude. When you think about what we've come through in depressions, recessions, great recessions, uh, horrific natural events, Superstorm Sandy that devastated so many and other significant hurricanes that take place uh, in the heartland of America every year with regularity, the ability of people when New Orleans got absolutely demolished and, and 
the phoenix rose from the ashes. It's it's an incredible spirit, this country. So I never sell the country short. But if you ask me today, I would have expected in this segment of the Guy Benson show that I would be reporting a Dow Jones industrial average that fell by at least 500 points, maybe even four digits, and possibly even that the curbs would have been put in place that were put in place so that things don't go completely off the rails in any one day. And then you have to have a cooling off. You come back the next day and the markets open up again. Uh, I would not have been surprised if financial curbs would have been put in place. None of that happened. The financial markets fought back all day and won. I'm not qualified to tell you why, but I can tell you that it happened. And, And if you look at Passes prologue, and I'm a fan of that. I'm a believer in that. In other circumstances, anytime we ever have a downturn because of something like what's happening right now with Russia and Ukraine, we always rally back strong. That's why if you look at, at, in history, and it only didn't happen one time, and it was when Obama was president, every downturn in the history of the country is followed by robust growth, an incredible, almost unbridled period of prosperity. With Obama, we were in a ditch, and then we had some of the smallest growth that you'll ever see. And you know what happened in four years of Trump. We had the highest African-American employment. Every demographic, I I picked one, it's every demographic. It was, it was an incredible time of growth. The last 13 months, let's be honest, Republican, Democrats, independents, unaffiliated alike on the Guy Benson show, let's be honest. It's not been a good 13 months. It's, it's been terrible. And now look at this. And we will have to deal with the geopolitical threat. People ask me, well, are my gas price going to raise? I said, of course your gas price is going to raise. It already has. I think most people listening, and obviously there, there are exceptions to this, but all over the country, the price of a gallon of gasoline has probably gone up on average more than 60 cents a gallon in less than a couple of months, in probably five, six weeks. Now, what does that mean? All right, I'm paying 60, uh, Harry, I'm paying 60, 60 cents more a gallon. Let me tell you what it actually means. Every penny that a gallon of gasoline rises by takes a billion and a half dollars out of the American economy that would have been spent buying at your local stores, food, clothing, entertainment, go out to restaurants, go to a show, all these different things. So 60 cents is $90 billion out of the economy. Sometimes, we, you know, that's why the gas station fakes you out. Hey, it's, it's $4.99 a gallon but because you, you don't even see the point nine. That's been forever, that little trick. Any price you see, raise it by a penny. And the next time you think about a penny, think about a billion and a half taken out of the spending in the country. It's a very, very consequential thing. And it is the worst regressive tax that you can thrust upon the American people. And who does it affect the worst? Like everything, it disproportionately affects those 
who need it the most. Middle-income America, lower-to-middle-wage America that gets hit incredibly hard to where you start having to make decisions. Well, i got to go get some gas, but I can't fill it up. i got $90 to fill the car up, so I'll do half a tank. Uh, I started a thing a little while ago. Uh, I've missed it the last few times, and I've been filling it quarter of a tank. I started filling it half a tank, a little cheat, like, oh, it's not so bad. I'm, fill, I'm full now. Because I started with half a glass of milk, and now I have a full glass. But oil gas prices, of course, they're going to increase. Anytime you have the disruption of the supply chain, I mean, look look at what we, we've all learned this. If we did a little lessons of the pandemic, we have all learned that when something is scarce, of course, by definition, that means it's hard to get, and in many cases, you can't get it, and if you can get it, you are paying a premium for it. Remember, there was a point in time where a sheet of plywood that I promise you forever was like $28 or something was $130, $120. It was incredible. It still costs about $19,000 more to build a, a, a modest home, $19,000 more because of the price of your materials. The supply chain is improving. We're not there yet. We're not nearly there yet. So to answer the question, how will this affect gas prices? Significantly, they will go up. If we make decisions, and I do believe that the course correction of November 8th will happen, but we don't want to have to wait until then. If we got our mojo back, and we but remember, we have leaders right now that their, philosoph- their, their philosophy of governance is such that they don't believe in being energy independent. They disagreed with being energy independent and being a net oil exporter. In other words, we had all we needed and we could send some out. What was wrong with that? That was beautiful. And you know, it wasn't that long ago where the price of a gallon of regular gasoline was under $2 a gallon. At the end of the Trump presidency, a little over $2 a gallon. And again, average around the country. Sometimes it's a little more in different areas. California, for example, significantly higher. Some areas lower. But look at it now. I mentioned on Guy's program either yesterday or the day before that uh, we were we, we saw in northernmost New Jersey, right before New York, $5.99.9 per gallon. That is devastating for a young single mom, for a young family that is paycheck to paycheck, which 80% of the American people are. So not only do we have the geopolitical threat Not only do we have to be mindful that Putin is right now in quite a mood and he is threatening the entire world. He is saying that that if any other nation interferes, this is just barely paraphrasing it, you will face never before seen consequences. I mean, he is he is in a rare mood. So we have to deal with all those issues and all the other provocative enemies that we have and at the same time understand that geopolitical risk and the actual disruption in energy, in oil, in natural gas, and all these other things, we will feel it. We will feel it directly in your monthly natural gas bill, if you have natural gas, 
if you heat and cook by propane, ditto, and if you have oil heat in your home, and of course any petroleum-based product, the, the gasoline in your car, everything's going to go up, and we are over $100 a barrel today for the first time since 2014. These are all things that are happening. So those are the key questions. How will you be economically affected? Now you know in a few minutes because you're listening to The Guy Benson Show. We'll be right back. Guy Benson will be right back. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan Harry Hurley filling in today. Guy will be back very soon. Before we get, we have a topic that we want to conclude this hour and it's important, but let's bring it back to some of the incredible work that's being done. I call them war correspondents. I'm just so impressed uh, with, I mean, you heard earlier today and Trey Yinks yesterday on the Guy Benson show and Lucas Tomlinson, and, and they're, they're right there where all this is happening. Lucas Tomlinson, live from Ukraine, yeah, uh, yesterday he was in the western portion of the country. He is reporting 10,000 rifles distributed to civilians to defend the capital from Russian invasion. This is straight from Ukraine's interior minister. So when we, we talk about how incredibly brave, you know, we, we hear the word brave. Oh, that person's so incredibly brave. And you heard Mike Tobin earlier today on the Guy Benson show, what, what is happening. That's extraordinary. And here's some more reporting. This is from the Associated Press. Thousands of Russians took to the streets to protest the invasion of Ukraine. I don't know if we would ever hear something like that in days gone by. Now, I think being a protester in America is one thing. Being a protester in Russia, where you don't know what's going to happen. Some 1,702 people in 53 Russian cities were detained, and at least 940 of them in Moscow. That's according to OVD Info, a rights group that tracks political arrests. Now, we have a story here for you, and let's set the mood, just because radio is theater of the mind. This will give you a, a, a wider spectrum of observation. What, is it, what does it feel like right now? Like when we asked Trey Yinkst, on the Guy Benson show right before the war began. I said, can you feel it, Trey? Is it palpable? And he said, yes, it is. He, he knew it. Let's hear what it sounds like. Basically, I want to say right now, these are the protesters. Cut 30, Dan. Now that's courage. I have to say, that is courage. If you are willing to oppose a dictator, that is courage. And one Russian opposition activist who called for anti-war protests, she said, quote, I was detained on my way out of the house. This is Marina Litvinovich, and she tells the story of being a Moscow-based activist and what happened to her. I believe the protesters in that kind of situation are extraordinary. We will be back in just a little bit. Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, the author of Laptop from Hell, 
on The Guy Benson Show next. It's 5 o'clock in the most powerful city in the world, Washington, D.C. It's time for the Guy Benson Show Happy Hour, sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink. Finland's most popular alcoholic beverage has come to America. Visit thelongdrink.com. And now, here's your host, Guy Benson. Well, I hope I don't get a written warning from Guy Benson because it's going to be tough to keep this hour happy. There are so many consequential things that are going on, but we'll we'll do our best. We will try to skirt the edges of happiness uh, whenever possible. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show, partnering with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I am Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy. He will be back very soon, and you know he is ready to go to offer his smart, fast-paced political and cultural insights uh, what a afternoon it's been on the Guy Benson Show into the early evening. Uh, just an extraordinary day. And this hour is going to be very, very special. Two absolute um, major important guests. And Miranda Devine is standing by on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. And my former governor and my longtime friend, Governor Chris Christie, will join us in the second half of the hour. So stay close for the whole hour right here on the Guy Benson Show. We have a lot that we're going to be sharing with you. Uh, by way of introduction, uh, I am a huge fan of Miranda Devine. She's a great writer, a New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, and her definitive book, Laptop from Hell, is a primer. It's the primer of Hunter Biden. It is fact-based. It is so incredibly well-sourced because, of course, Miranda has the the hard drive. She has the laptop. She's got it. Uh, nobody can say she doesn't have what her eyes didn't see what her eyes saw. Miranda, welcome to the Guy Benson Show. Thanks so much, Harry. Great to be with you. Great to be with you. And I mentioned these are consequential times, aren't, aren't they? Yeah, they sure are. And I think uh, looking at the state of the world and the opinion polls, by now I think it's fair to say that a lot of Biden voters have buyer's remorse. Yes, I mean, you look, it's all baked in. I mean, and this is even before uh, today, you know, late overnight and into today, uh, the poll that I saw, the Gallup poll, President Biden was at 36 percent approval on Russia, Ukraine. It's easy and it's, it's, it's cheap points when you just say, oh, it's too little, too late. But it really was too little, too late what he did, wasn't it? Well, I mean, look, it's a very difficult situation and it's hard to, you know, in a time like this, you don't want to be unduly critical of the president. But uh, Joe Biden um, owns what happens in Ukraine because he was the vice president during the Obama administration um, presiding over what was going on in Ukraine. And, you know, unfortunately, I think the American, uh, the U.S. State Department uh, and various George Soros uh, funded NGOs. NGOs in Ukraine treated um, that country like a plaything. And Joe Biden and his family treated it like a cash cow. Yeah. Now, I love what you said. And I want you to know, I said a similar thing yesterday on The Guy Benson Show. I'm rooting for my president. When he wins, we win. Uh, I don't want to hit somebody at a a moment of truth like this. However, I'm very much um, persuaded by the fact that Putin invaded Ukraine and, as you know, annexed Crimea in 2014. Mm. He didn't try anything for four years. We'll just say we'll call them the Trump years, if you will, 
the guy that got criticized the most. Nothing like this happened. And now, if you will, uh, Obama Biden 2.0, Putin does it again. I don't think that's a coincidence, Miranda. No, it's because uh, both President Obama and his vice, then Vice President, now President Joe Biden, uh, project weakness on the world stage. And uh, my colleague Michael Goodwin did a terrific column the other day, having interviewed Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, and he reminded us of uh, that quote from Donald Trump when he first met Vladimir Putin as president. He said, you invade Ukraine on my watch and those beautiful spires in Moscow are going to get bombed. There you go. Uh, and I people think... believe him. I mean, well, the wolves of the world, yeah. uh, the gangsters who run Russia and China and uh, various countries around the world, they thought that Donald Trump was an unpredictable person who, uh, you know, was quite capable of firing on Moscow, for instance. We've been uh, going back and forth with with a number of really good people that you know on the Guy Benson show today and talking about how big a role do you believe, Miranda? And those just joining the Guy Benson show, Miranda Devine is on the Guy Benson show Newsmaker Hotline, of course, talking about uh, the issue of the day, and that's the um, full-scale invasion of Ukraine by Russian President Vladimir Putin, where Fox News is confirming there's excellent coverage up right now at foxnews.com, confirming at least 50 dead and at least 160-plus casualties. So that is um, from the reporting of Fox News up to the minute. In terms of Afghanistan, look, I think Putin, and I'm I'm like you, I want to be fair to the president. I think Putin was doing this regardless, but do you think that the feckless, incoherent, I mean, incomprehensible, you know where I'm going, incomprehensible Afghanistan withdrawal, the, the, the military out first, people left last, some still there, all those billions of dollars in weapons. I mean, a child would have said, get our people out, get the weapons out, blow up ones you can't get out, and then, then the military leaves. A child would have figured that out, Miranda. I still can't believe. And the president is trying to say this is the advice he got. I, I don't believe that for a second, that, that that is the advice that he got. And when the world... Xi and and Putin and Xi flew flew over Taiwan today. So the, all the villains are coming out to play. How, what role, if any, do you believe President Biden's horrific? It might have been the worst decision ever made in the military theater in American history. Some people say, what role do you think that played, if any, with Putin and Ukraine? Well, enormous, because it was the glowing neon light telling the world and telling all the predators of the world that how weak uh, America was now under Joe Biden and how incompetent. I mean, that withdrawal from Afghanistan was unforgivable. It was a debacle. Mm. And, uh, you know, 13 U.S. service members gave their lives for it and countless Afghanis as well. So, um, And, you know, American citizens were left behind. We know all about that. But the point of it is that if Joe Biden is blaming the advice that he was given, why didn't he fire the people who gave him such terrible advice? And the reason is, uh, you know, he is his own advisor. I mean, ultimately, the buck stops with the president. And yet, he forges ahead arrogantly, 
spinning this myth that it was a, a great success. I mean, he was there today uh, giving that speech about Putin and taking a few questions from the media, and he just looked to be in his element. I mean, he was smirking and smiling and enjoying himself while this tragedy is unfolding, completely avoidable. I, um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, look, and so I, I think obviously um, that was just a neon light yeah. and it was a flashing warning sign uh, to, to all of us. But we've known that Joe Biden is no good at foreign policy. And yet that is the the sort of his uh, sort of calling card that he prides himself on, because during the eight years of the Obama administration, he was given carriage of uh, all those important countries around the world. And uh, what did he do with that great power? Well, he didn't really achieve much at all on behalf of America, especially with China, which at that point was just ramping up its aggression uh, in the South China Sea, militarising yeah. those islands and um, thieving America's intellectual property, which note that on Wednesday the administration decided to shut down the Trump administration's uh, efforts to actually stop China yeah. Oh, oh I, I quit. Property. I quit. You're going to stop this. I quit. And I quit too. That isn't that an extraordinary development? And what timing? I mean, yes. right in when when everyone's eyes are off the ball and yeah. concentrating on Ukraine, they do that little slimy thing. So, it, it basically, <laughs> that is that is what we have. We have that Joe Biden uh, was in charge of America's foreign policy for eight years, and and the only people that seemed to benefit from it was he and his family. And we know about the deals that Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim Biden uh, did very profitably with China. And we know about the great uh, profit that Hunter Biden made from Ukraine. And uh, And, to say that Joe Biden is not compromised is just defies belief. That's where I was going next. Miranda Devine, we're we're having like uh, telepathy here Uh, because (laughs) – I'm wondering what kind of conflict is inner conflict is President Biden dealing with right now? Because the Biden family business, you had the mayor of Moscow's wife and those several million dollars. That's money flowing to Biden Family Inc., if you will, from Russia. You mentioned Ukraine and all of that. And all the all these are things that he doesn't have the experience you know, to garner what's going on. So then you, an average, you know, intellect would, would figure out, hey, there's got to be some other reason because this person would never be hired for their resume. So why, why is it happening? Is this affecting American involvement because they are conflicted? Well, the fact that it is a secret that Joe Biden himself has lied about his involvement with Hunter Biden's overseas business partners, including uh Ukrainians. Um, And uh, the fact that uh, he has, uh, there's evidence that he personally financially benefited from Hunter Biden's uh, money, great money that he had, Um, you know, that gives at least the appearance of being compromised. And it's more important than ever that the American people know what went on and that the media asks 
this president questions about yeah. it because it's no good having Vladimir Putin uh, and various oligarchs in Ukraine or, uh, you know, President Xi in China knowing more about Joe Biden and his family's dirty influence peddling business than the American people know. Isn't and this that... was a concerted effort by the media to cover up before the last election. That is such an important point. Two-minute drill, and I wish it wasn't the case. Two minutes till heartbreak with Miranda Devine. Let me ask you, is it going to take, because obviously, I mean, I thought your your participation on that Fox Nation uh, series on Where's Hunter with, with Judge Jeanine, oh my gosh, folks that haven't seen it, it's four parts, or like 19, 20 minutes long each. It's It's definitive. It's phenomenal. Loved you on it. Um, and everybody that participated on it, I thought, did a really good job. And it's right there. And it's in his own words. And and words mean things. Is it going to take the November 8th election, the American people making a course correction, Republicans now having the committee chair and the subpoena power? And you know where I'm going and the ability to actually investigate these things. It's not going to happen until then, is it? Well, Look, we know that the Republicans have said that they are going to start investigating, but there is also uh, the U.S. attorney in Delaware is conducting his own investigation. There are other investigations going on into Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim Biden, Joe Biden's younger brother. Um, And we know the FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019, which is one piece of the puzzle. And uh, the other piece of the puzzle, one of them is the material from Tony Bobolinsky's uh, yeah. How about how credible that guy is? They could not, they couldn't kook him out. They couldn't destroy him. I never saw someone so credible that disappeared so quickly. Oh, he, he is a hero and uh, a patriot. And, yeah. you know, against his own interests, he came forward yeah. before the election with what he knew. So the FBI has had all that information. They know they have all they have subpoena power. They have all the financial information uh, from the suspicious activity tran- transactions. And, um, and we know that there have been people that have been called up before the grand jury in Delaware just last week. Um, two of Hunter's um, former ex-girlfriends. We know there was a subpoena on his bank account at J.P. Morgan Chase um, and and also uh, looking for transactions to do with his two business partners, including Devin Archer and his uncle Jim Biden, uh, and anything to do with Bank of China. So they're looking into his financial affairs, and you know that if they start looking and if they pull the threads, they will definitely find uh, really damning information. And we know also that Devin Archer, his best buddy and former business partner, is facing sentencing uh, in New York, in the Southern District of New York, on Monday over a four-year-old conviction over um, defrauding an Indian tribe. Wow. So um, he, he's the prosecutors have asked for 30 months in jail. Wow. Um, we'll see whether yeah. Judge Ronnie Abrams, who's a Obama appointee, and heartbreaking. Very like Ten seconds. We got to jump. But Miranda, yeah. wow. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about Hillary and how big Durham's filing is. I think it's real big. That'll wait till next time. Miranda Devine, thank you so much. Thank you, Harry. You're welcome. What a visit. We'll be back. This is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in for Guy. He'll be back in the very near future, and this is a Fox News alert. From the reporting of Fox News, and there's 
really in-depth coverage at foxnews.com on this regarding the death of George Floyd in Minnesota, the three Minnesota police officers that have been on trial facing federal charges of violating George Floyd's rights have been found guilty in a Minneapolis uh, federal court. The jury found all three guilty. That's Alexander King, Thou, and Thomas Lane. Uh, 12-person jury. If you remember, they, they picked 18 to begin because it's one of those cases where maybe you lose someone. Uh, the 12-person jury deliberated for almost two full days and returned their verdict. And if you remember, this makes four now with uh, the former officer, Derek Chauvin. They have basically been found guilty of not doing anything to stop Chauvin. And if you remember, I know at least one of them was a brand new trainee. He's 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 finished. Uh, they're they're all done. Uh, but that's how this went. They looked at it as though Chauvin, you were guilty of killing Floyd, and you three watched him, and you should have intervened, and you didn't do anything. And that's in simple speak. That's how this went. There's much more reporting at foxnews.com on the topic. In the quick moment that we have, I mentioned during several of our tremendous guest interviews uh, the courage of the Ukrainian people. Listen to the president of Ukraine, President Vladimir Zelensky, cut one. This morning, Putin announced a special military operation in the Donbass. Russia has carried out strikes on our military infrastructure and our border guards. Explosions were heard in many cities of Ukraine. We impose martial law throughout Ukraine. And how do they take it? How, how Think about this. They know they're outmatched. They're outgunned. How do they take it? President Zelensky cut two. If troops attack us and someone tries to take away our country, our freedom, our lives, the lives of our children, then we will defend ourselves. When you attack, you will see our faces, not our backs. Fox News' Chad Pergram, the guy is just, oh, my gosh, he's incredible. So, so knowledgeable. He's reporting on classified briefings are taking place with senators right now on Ukraine. It's underway, being conducted by phone with General Austin, Secretary Blinken, General Milley, and uh, Secretary Yellen. So that's happening. And Lucas Tomlinson has reported 10,000 rifles distributed to civilians to defend their capital. This is The Guy Benson Show. Governor Chris Christie is next. You're listening to a new generation of talk, Guy Benson. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show, partnering with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley, filling in today for Guy. Guy will be back in the very near future. On the Guy Benson Show, Newsmaker Hotline is a very good friend of mine. I'm proud to say that. He's the 55th governor of the state of New Jersey, a former United States attorney. Actually, he was the first United States attorney that actually prosecuted the political criminals that we had in our state and did it very well. Uh, launching pad for his successful two-term career as governor, a former, and I keep saying future, presidential candidate, uh, network television analyst, and also a best-selling author, his newest book, Republican Rescue, Saving the Party from Truth Deniers, Conspiracy Theorists, and the Dangerous Policies of Joe Biden. And uh, my goodness, the last sentence is a perfect uh, jump-off point. Welcome, Governor Christie. 
Hey, Harry, thanks for having me on today. Good to have you. Uh, and you ran for president because you weren't afraid to make consequential decisions. You weren't afraid to make consequential decisions as a chief executive, as governor. What would you have done differently, which is why I always think governors make the best presidents, because you have that executive background. You have that decision-making ability that typically, if I mean, you come from the swamp, 36 years in the Senate, eight failed years as vice president, where, by the way, they had a rough time with Ukraine and Putin once before, and now here's his 2.0, uh, you know, encore edition. What would you have done differently? Well, let's go back, Harry, to when he was vice president. Um, you know, this is an this is an administration that showed Russia weakness. Um, these are the guys who are whispering about the reset, and uh, you know, uh, Obama talking on a hot mic about you know, give me some room until I get reelected um, to Putin's puppet at that time. Yes, these are the guys who didn't enforce the red line in Syria. These are the guys who allowed Crimea. To occur, right? Yeah. So, you know, what Biden is a product of and what he's doing now is giving off the stench of weakness. And what we know over our history is that timidity invites aggression and that when America isn't displaying strength, the jungle grows back, Harry. Yeah. It never goes away. We can pair it back uh, and put it in its place, but it grows back when we show weakness. So, what would I have done differently? Would have enforced the red line in Syria. We would have, um, you know, done things with Crimea much differently than we did them. Um, it showed much more strength at the time. And what the problem now is that we've seen them put different levels of sanctions in place against Russia, um, going all the way back to 2008 with their incursions into Georgia. And none of it has deterred Putin. And that's not theoretical because we see him going into Ukraine today. You know, I don't know whether sanctions are ever sufficient to deter, but the kind of sanctions that um, they're doing now are completely insufficient to deter. We've got to make this personal, Harry. And I wrote this in my book that you just referenced. You know, we've got to go after Putin's oligarchs. We need to freeze their assets that they have in the United States and seize them. We need to prevent their children from coming to the United States to be educated and to go on vacation. We need to make it uncomfortable for the people who are getting rich with Vladimir Putin. And those are the kind of targeted sanctions that will really, really hurt. And there are broader sanctions that we could be doing as well um, against, uh, against them. But I don't know that our European allies have the stomach to do that or not, and, 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 or that we do under Joe Biden. Seems that way, Governor. Yeah, it, it seems exactly. It doesn't it, feel that way. No, exactly right. I, I, I concur. Now, I want to support my president because it's a tight spot. And whenever I can, I want to support my president because I think it's the right thing to do as an American. However, I thought he was wobbly today. I thought he portrayed weakness. I thought he was extremely shaky in the Q&A that followed the, the, the speech that was loaded into the teleprompter. Uh, he didn't know, you know, several things that were being asked. He said, uh, you know, uh, I'm not prepared to talk about that. Should have been prepared to talk about that. And yep. something that I thought was very interesting, Governor, and I'd love to get your take on this, because it looks like they will grab a few of these people and freeze their ability to do business with like two banks and do a couple little things here and there. But the media was pretty dogged today, 
even some of the Democrat media members that typically give him an easy way to go. And they were really pushing the president. Why won't you sanction Putin today? He, he smiled. He dodged it. He had no answer. He got hit with it a couple of more times. Why don't we sanction Putin and make him feel some pain? Well, these are the type of personal sanctions I'm talking about. We should be doing that, in my view. And, and, and we should have shown him our ability to do that well before he started shooting missiles uh, into Ukraine. Right. And, and, you know, we should be doing those type of things. And, and quite frankly, Harry, you know, when you look at what they're doing, we also didn't suspend them from the SWIFT system in the banking system, which is something that would cause extraordinary pain to a lot of the wealthy in, in Russia. And he said that what he's doing is beyond SWIFT. That's absolutely untrue. And what is the, reason that, Go ahead. The, the reason the SWIFT system wasn't suspended for Russia is because of the pain, I suspect, because of the pain that it would cause our European allies and that maybe they didn't have the stomach for it and he doesn't have the ability to persuade them to do it. But, look, Putin's going to keep going until he hits steel. And so one of the other things that we have to be doing um, is we've got to be deepening our supply of arms to Ukraine yes. to defend themselves in every way against Russia. The weapons must be supplied in, even, in, in much more even than the Trump administration did, and they did much more than the Obama administration did. The Obama administration did almost nothing. They sent war. blankets. Right. You know, so, I mean, we need to be doing that. And this, this should be – we should have already had in place a covert program through the CIA to supply money and arms to people who are really going to now become Ukrainian freedom fighters. We need to make sure that the price that he will pay in Russia is so grave that he will not go further. Because let me tell you, you know, he starts heading towards NATO allies. You know, next is Poland, Harry. There you go. And and they're a NATO ally. And then what are we going to do? Nobody has said that. that. That's so true what you just said. Well, then we're forced. I mean, that we are we are obligated uh, by our involvement with NATO to then defend. Here, uh, Ukraine is not a, a NATO member, as you know, so we're not required to. Uh, I think the Ukrainians are extraordinary. They say, look, we don't want troops, we, but we need military assistance. And We've got to be giving them military assistance and money yeah, and to, to be able to fight this and to sustain themselves. And just as uh, the point I was making before, Harry, just as Syria red line... Crimea was was a teaching moment for Putin. He saw he could get away incrementally with these things there you go. under Obama Biden. Yes. This is a teaching moment for Beijing, Harry. And look, because you're complimentary when, when it's appropriate. You're not afraid to say something uh, critical when you feel it's appropriate. But Putin didn't mess with Ukraine when Trump was president. He did when Biden, Obama won, and now Biden, too. He did then. So nope. I think and I think the unpredictability of President Trump yeah. um, in terms of that, the fact that he showed strength um, in the Middle East, um, the, 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 the attacks on Middle Eastern um, Islamic uh, terrorist leaders yeah. uh, and military leaders showed Putin that Trump would not be deterred from taking strong action when he felt like that's what he needed to do to protect the United States and the world. And believe me, President Xi is watching this in China right now. 
Oh, absolutely. Taiwan, Harry. Yes. And how we react to Putin and Ukraine is going to teach Z something about uh, about Taiwan. And what and you can we, get away with. That's right. And so this has much larger implications than just the Ukrainians, even though the Ukrainians, as you said, wonderful people, freedom-loving people, yeah. and are going to fight if we give them the capacity to fight. And they could wind up exacting enormous costs on the Russian military. I mean, we just got a live – Governor Christie, we just got a live report in the last segment from Lucas Tomlinson from Fox News. He's there in Ukraine, and Ukrainian citizens were given 10,000 rifles, and they're going to the capital to fight to keep their capital from the Russians. I mean, you're talking about – courage at at a patriot level like when this country was being formed let me ask you to to wear and you you do every hat you've ever worn uh, freeholder governor u.s attorney candidate for president all these different hats that you've worn well and done done well in each position you've had putin going into a sovereign democratic nation taking their nation by storm killing people, marching towards the Capitol, saying that he's going to install a new government. He's going to remove the government of Ukraine and install a government of his choice. By definition, what does that make him? He is a he is a despot, and he is what he's always been, Harry. And this is one of the areas where I disagreed with the president. I thought the president was too nice to Putin um, rhetorically. And too complimentary, and I think still a little bit too complimentary in the current context. This guy is an old KGB mm-hmm. despot. That's what he is. He wants to put the old band back together, Harry. Yes. He wants all of Eastern Europe. He wants the old Soviet Union. That's what he. That's his dream for what his legacy will be. And if we don't make him hit steel in Ukraine, we're going to wind up fighting him someplace else. And at the same time. China will see that as their moment while we're distracted by Russia to go and get Taiwan. The, the, the Chinese want us out of Asia. The Russians want us out of Europe. Um, you know, this is a key moment in American history that we're going to look back on. And we better get this right. Governor Christie, when the president ad libs, when he reads the teleprompter and walks, shuffles off, it's one thing. The words are loaded in there and they're 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 sort of tested and they're OK to say when he goes and ad libs, he says the darndest things. Today, he made the comment that sanctions are stronger than bullets. I don't think that was a very smart thing for him to say. Did that did that no, rub saw, you the I, wrong way? I saw that. And I'm sure you know what I immediately flashed through my mind because I was watching it live, Harry. Yep. And what it flashed in my mind was. Vladimir Putin was laughing in the Kremlin. Correct. Correct. It's un- because it's, un- it's unserious. Yes. He yep. knows it's unserious. Now, I also agree, and I haven't heard anyone say it as well as you said it uh, just a moment ago, Governor Christie, and it is that Putin might not be satisfied or done with just Ukraine. He does want to bring the Beatles back together. He wants the Soviet Union if he can resurrect it. Is this Alexander conquering territory? Do you think he goes and is emboldened? Uh, by taking Ukraine. I guess the challenge, though, will be if he goes after a NATO nation, then that that really does that not up the stakes in a way we don't even want to think about, Governor? Of course it does. But if you're him, 
and we allow him to march into Ukraine and we don't even arm the Ukrainians sufficiently to put up the fight themselves. If you're Putin, what do you think we're going to do with the Poles? Do you believe that we'll really fight to save Poland? And I think, you know, that's going to be the the thing that's going to be washing around in his mind. And that's why I say we have to make them hit steel in Ukraine. And the Ukrainians are willing to fight. They're not asking us to come and fight there. And I'm not advocating that we should send American troops there. But what I'm saying is we should be arming them to defend themselves. These, you just talked about 10,000 rifles. You know, these Ukrainians are going to be freedom fighters against Russian oppressors. And we should be willing to arm those freedom fighters, those citizens, for two reasons. One, because it is the right and moral thing to do. And two, because it will send a very strong message to China and other places around the world who want to test American resolve that we will stand with our friends when they need to be stood with. Governor, we have one minute left in the segment, and it has just flown by in the blink of an eye. Closing comment, something you'd like to leave the audience with. You know, there'll be a lot of people tonight sitting around their kitchen table wondering, why do I care about Ukraine? And I understand that. And I understand there are some in America who want to, you know, fill the moat and, and pull up the bridge. Remember, when we've done that in the past, um, we've made our problems worse, not better. We have other people who are willing to fight for themselves. We have to give them the wherewithal to fight. We have to make Vladimir Putin understand that this adventure was costly and costly in Russian blood and lives that are now going to have to come home in body bags to mm-hmm. Moscow. And the Ukrainians will have done that because their nation was invaded. And he made that decision, a war of choice that is going to cost the Russians dearly. Remember, the, you know, Ronald Reagan understood this in Afghanistan and armed the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. And that is where the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union happened, Harry. And we need to beginning the end of any Russian fantasy about re-putting together the Soviet Union, we needed to end in Ukraine. And the way to do that is to arm the Ukrainians and to put personal sanctions against Putin and the oligarchs who fund him. This was a very important visit, Governor Christie. Thank you. Thanks for being my friend, too. Uh, You're welcome on both, Harry. It's an important time for America. Let's hope that the smart people in Washington, D.C. teach this president how to stand up and fight, because today's display at that press conference while I was hoping for better, was, was certainly would be something that would have scared me, and I doubt it would scare Vladimir Putin. Governor Chris Christie, thank you, sir. Thank you, Harry. Take good care. That's a man that tells it like it is in a world that sometimes lives it like it isn't. Wow. We will be right back. Oh, Christine and I have a very important topic next. Don't leave us. Very important. We're going to close it out together, the executive producer, Christine and I, on The Guy Benson Show. Guy Benson will be right back. From the reporting of Fox News, Fox News has confirmed that President Biden has held a classified briefing with the big four, the Speaker Pelosi, uh, Minority Leader McConnell of the Senate, Majority Leader of the Senate Schumer and Minority Leader in the House, 
Kevin McCarthy about the ongoing crisis in Ukraine. I think that's exactly the way it should be. It needs to be not bipartisan. It needs to be nonpartisan. In barely a minute and a half that we have, it's such an important topic. Executive producer Christine is here. And I want to let you spend the rest of the Guy Benson show today talking about the children. And we have to, as parents, as grandparents, imagine how they feel having to flee their homes. It's just got to be terrifying, Christine. Final minute. It's it's so terrifying. And I keep seeing videos. You know, the one, the viral one that's going around right now is the father putting his wife and his daughter on the bus because he's staying to fight for his country. And, you know, there's, I bet you there's going to be a lot of people, especially around the dinner table tonight, having those conversations with their children. And I honestly, I don't know what to say to Megan tonight because she's already asking questions. She wants to know why anybody would hurt children. And could she wants to know if something like that could ever happen here. So how far do you go? I mean, we can we can get into this more tomorrow, but yes, it's scary. I don't want to do anything that would traumatize her either. Christine, thank you for everything. Thanks for the opportunity to work with you and your team. I thought we had a very significant program today. Thank you so much. We have to leave because guys, time has come and gone. Have a great rest of your day. This is The Guy Benson Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.